Welcome to Just Us, Before Birth and Beyond. We invite you to tune in for a podcast focused on perinatal and community health. In an effort to raise awareness and start a conversation about perinatal health, our hosts have joined forces with doulas, midwives, nurses, lactation consultants, and physicians from across North Carolina to share best practices, lived experiences, and lessons learned. Just Us explores real topics and dives into what has happened, what is happening, and what can happen next in the sexual and reproductive health and wellness space. Our goal is to learn and grow together in order to take care of ourselves and each other so that we can all live our healthiest lives. Thank you for being here and let's get started. Hello everybody and welcome to the Just Us Before Birth and Beyond podcast. We are so glad to have all our listeners with us today. And we are especially glad to have Emma Sando here with us today. Emma, welcome. Hey there. Thanks for having me. No problem. So why don't we start with some introductions? Do you mind telling me a little bit about where it is you work, what you do, and then we can uh, jump into our topic for the day? Sure. Um, So I work at North Carolina Medicaid. I'm the Associate Director of Strategy and Planning at North Carolina Medicaid, which is a long title that simply means I get involved in all of the exciting new projects um, that we're doing at Medicaid and trying to implement all of our new changes. And I'm very excited that I got to get involved in this 12-month postpartum change that we are implementing at Medicaid. Yeah, we are very excited about this extension too. Another huge reason we wanted to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for your introduction. I love how simply you were able to put everything. I feel like sometimes when people ask me what I do, it takes me like 20 minutes to give my elevator pitch, which means it's not an elevator pitch. Um, So (laughs) thank you so much for your introduction and giving us a little bit of background. So we asked you here today because as you said, um, North Carolina Medicaid is extending postpartum Medicaid benefits as of April 1st, 2022. Is that correct? Am I right on that date? It was April 1st. That is correct. It was not an April Fool's joke. We did in fact extend coverage. Um, And uh, I'm also very excited that even though a couple states got the authority to do it earlier, we like just like flight um, are the first in the nation, although tied with a couple other states, but the first in the nation to implement this change. All right. So we're ahead of the game. It's always Uh, nice to be to be in that position. So let's start with who is eligible for this new coverage. And then can you tell me a little bit about what this new coverage sort of uh, includes and what this means really for pregnant patients who are eligible for Medicaid in the state of North Carolina? Sure. So any beneficiary who is enrolled in the Medicaid program at the time of their pregnancy will be eligible for this extended period after their pregnancy ends um, in which they'll continue to get Medicaid coverage. So that means that as long as you were on Medicaid at some point during the pregnancy or the birth, you will will be eligible for coverage for one year following the the birth event. Just to sort of elaborate on that, because, you know, dates and timelines and timeframes, it can all get really sticky, especially when it comes to insurance and coverage and um, Mm -hmm. individual situations and things like that. So something that right out the gate, I wanted to clarify. So we know that the coverage starts April 1st. 
So does that mean that anyone pregnant from April 1st on, or for example, what if someone was pregnant, you know, at the end of last year or just had a baby, you know, 30 days ago, how does that coverage work for those women? Yes, a great question. And it gets very complicated because of the public health emergency uh, for COVID-19 is still in effect so that we are not terminating anyone from coverage at this time. But to make it a little bit more clear, if a beneficiary had a baby on Medicaid since uh, February 1st, so they're in that 60-day postpartum period right now, their postpartum period coverage will continue to be extended. Right now, we know that the public health emergency um, is going to be continuing at least probably July. We don't know when the federal government will end it, but we are not terminating anyone from Medicaid coverage. And so if you've had your baby uh, like six months ago, um, you, you wouldn't be having your eligibility to, um, uh, terminated um, at this time as well. So that adds the complication. But if, if the public health emergency weren't happening today, it's any, um, any person that uh, had coverage or had a baby as a, or a birth event as of February 1st. Okay. Clear as mud, right? <laughs> you did an amazing job explaining that, Emma, really. So we know that anyone who is eligible for Medicaid, any kind of Medicaid program, right? Like it, it doesn't just have to be Medicaid for pregnant women. It could be any Medicaid program. Right. If you had a baby and you had Medicaid for parent coverage, you're also eligible for this extension. If you are in a disability eligibility group, you're also eligible for this extension. It's all um, eligibility groups. If you've had a baby or had a birth event or pregnancy, you are eligible for this, this particular coverage. Okay. And will the beneficiaries automatically be enrolled in these postpartum benefits or will there be a new application that's necessary? How is that transition happening at this point? Yeah, so it's it's really easy for the beneficiary. They, If you've had a birth event since um, February 1st, um, it will automatically be extended in your eligibility portfolio. Um, so you do not need to submit a new application and, and there shouldn't be any um, updates to the system. Uh, we are making some system changes on the provider side mm-hmm. to make sure that providers are reimbursed because a really important thing is not only is this an extension of eligibility, but we are uh, making the limited benefit that was previously in place for pregnancy a full Medicaid benefit. So we are in the process of making sure that providers are going to be paid for all of those additional um, services that will be provided that previously weren't eligible for the the Medicaid for pregnant women eligibility category. I imagine all the providers who are listening right now are, you know, throwing their hands in the air and 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 sending all their thanks to you <laughs> through, through <laughs> the speakers. Just a little bit more clarification about this this extended coverage and that reimbursement. Does this include like specialty services? I know that, you know, there's a big push in the state to ha- make sure that our our pregnant women and birthing people are going to their primary care visits um, in that in that first year postpartum. But you know, what if something is going on with with the patient and they actually need specialty services, neuro, cardio, that kind of thing? Are these 
kinds of visits also going to be covered through this extension or is it more for your just kind of basic preventative services? Short answer, yes. So the Medicaid for pregnant women eligibility group used to only have services that were related to the pregnancy. So in their postpartum period, they um, may have um, certain services not eligible to receive because um, it was deemed not related to the pregnancy. However, under this change, all services related or unrelated to the pregnancy are covered. So in the uh, postpartum period and in the pregnancy period. So previously it was only services related to the pregnancy period and the postpartum period, but now it's all services that Medicaid covers are eligible for uh, for this Medicaid for pregnant women category. So it's a full Medicaid benefit. And um, we, we certainly know that most services impact a pregnancy because the, the, the body is, is, just, is, is a body and, and, and you need it for, for pregnancy, but there's some services that were counted as not impacting the pregnancy before. And that requirement has gone away um, with this change as of April 1st. So today, a woman in the Medicaid for Pregnant Women eligibility group will be eligible for a dental visit 11 months after her pregnancy, just like a woman who is in the parent eligibility group. So it um, really makes this coverage full and, and addresses the health needs, not just related to the pregnancy that a person may have. That's amazing. And I, I agree. I, to your point, you know, the body is the body. And that's what's growing the baby. So really anything that's happening in the body, we can relate to the pregnancy, right? So it's great that that is being acknowledged and that these beneficiaries, our patients will have the opportunity to maybe take care of some things that they wouldn't previously have been able to take care of. So that's, that's a great, a great addition to, to the plan. My next question would be, do you think um, back to the sort of dates and when it's triggered and and when it's not when will the postpartum coverage begin for pregnant beneficiaries and is that coverage triggered at the end of the pregnancy and not just the birth of the baby and maybe if you feel comfortable talking a little bit to um you know if there's a miscarriage or or situations like that sort of how that will affect the coverage yeah and it, I, I think you raise a very important point. The pregnancy may not always end with the, the birth of the baby, and we recognize that, and we want to provide the, or and we are planning to provide the twelve months postpartum um, coverage to all uh, people who have their pregnancies end um, for whatever reason that may be, as there are postpartum services that need to be provided in that that period as well. So it doesn't matter the reason for the end of the pregnancy. Um, the postpartum period goes through twelve months after the month in which the pregnancy ends. So that is um, uh, the answer to your question in terms of math around um, when, when the, uh, the date that really uh, exemplifies that 12 month period. Um, so when a person comes to their local Department of Social Service office and applies for Medicaid for pregnant um, women category of eligibility, um, they'll usually put a anticipated due date 
in, in their application. And we base it off of that anticipated due date unless we hear uh, otherwise that the pregnancy continued longer than that anticipated due date or ended earlier. Generally, uh, beneficiaries are encouraged to let their local Department of Social Service office know if there's been a change in their circumstance, if something happened, um, if the baby was came a month or two after their due date, we want to know that so that we can continue that coverage for the um, full 12 months. So uh, beneficiaries are encouraged to update their their local Department of Social Service uh, in terms of the timing um, of the of the birth event um, so that we can continue the coverage for the 12 months past that date. Okay. And so I think that's something that I really wasn't aware of and should have been, I feel like, you know, due to my own lack of knowledge that so the Department of Social Services, the DSS office is where patients are applying for Medicaid. And you're saying that that is the office you would notify with the delivery of the baby or when your due date is and those kinds of things. Right. It's one of the questions that's asked um, is, is the, the due date. And, um, and we certainly want, want beneficiaries to let us know if there's anything that changes in their life circumstances that would affect their Medicaid eligibility. If they suddenly um, have a disability and are eligible for more benefits, we want to know that. Um, so we, we ask beneficiaries to report a number of circumstances that would change um, a person's life um, to their local department of uh, social services. And a beneficiary, just to, to clarify that point, can come in through directly through their um, department of social services. They can also apply online or a number of other modes to apply for Medicaid. We make it um, as, as accessible as we, we possibly can, but they're their local department of social services is the one that's keeping track of their status, their eligibility status. So uh, we want them to be aware of any changes um, to their eligibility and they can make those changes um, to either extend that coverage or note it, it in their files for their later awareness about about these sorts of changes. And that also goes if you if you are pregnant in another um, eligibility category. It, it's it's a good idea to let your Department of Social Services know that that even though you're in the coverage for parents eligibility category, for instance, um, that you are pregnant and and that your coverage could extend automatically through this postpartum coverage as well. Is it is it only the the patients or the beneficiaries that need to be notifying DSS, or is it something that the providers? Um, doulas, you know, any any birth worker who is working with the with the birthing person, are they able to notify them too, or is it something that just the patient has to do? Um, oftentimes, the provider of some sort will contact the local DSS office, uh, Department of Social Services office. But we need to make sure that the beneficiary is aware that there's that potential change. Uh, so even if even if a provider contacts us or contacts the Department of Social Services, we verify that information with the beneficiary as well, just um, to make sure that the there's no changes to somebody's record that the beneficiary isn't aware of. Are there you know, like timeframes or any kind of updates that are, you know, required as far as reporting to DSS? Is there a certain amount of time you have to report to them after an event happens um, or after the delivery of the baby? Any deadlines or, you know, timeframes? It is 
heavily encourage that they report within 10 days. That's the, what we would like to make sure that the information is up, as updated as possible. So within 10 days is, okay. is ideal. Do you know if any, if, they, if they don't get it in within that 10, 10 day window, will they lose some of those benefits or are there extensions that can be requested or, you know, things like that? Do you know, or does it depend it, maybe on the local DSS office? There, there are a lot of other um, factors that go into all of that. So I would I hate to make any generalizations that might not necessarily be true for certain people in certain circumstances. So I would say uh, it, it is best to get that in with within 10 days and avoid any additional complications or other, other um, issues from that. Good to know as a nurse in the region, good to know so we can share it with our providers and they can make sure that our, our patients know that as well. Um, it just helps understand, you know, sort of what our, what our patients might be going through and making sure that they know all that is available to them. Um, if it's not something that they're, they're doing a lot of diving in um, for themselves. So are there any resources that we can use for postpartum coverage and um, even back to the patient responsibility to notify DSS? It, you know, as I said, it's really helpful um, just for me to understand and, and our providers, and I would imagine they would like to be able to take at least some of these resources or, or places they can go to find more information back to their office staff who will be, who will be working with the, with the patients and their questions. Yeah, great question. So we put together a website on our Medicaid, uh, North Carolina Medicaid website that includes a provider's and, um, fact sheets. And, um, and we have a lot of different resources that are available um, to our, your, your staff. And uh, we also have all of the various information um, posted. So, so it should be um, pretty accessible. And we tried to make it um, uh, into a, a one pager that can easily be handed out to staff as well as to beneficiaries in order for people to understand how this impacts them. Okay, great. So all everyone listening, we will have links um, in the show notes below to uh, this website and these these um, one pagers that the Medicaid office has so kindly put together for us. Uh, so if you're wanting to make a um, make a visit and see sort of what information or if you have questions and, and want to see if you can find the answers. Uh, again, we will have those linked in the show notes below. Emma, is there a is there a number, or you know, if if there's a a really um, nuanced or layered question that someone has that maybe the frequently asked questions or the or the one pagers just just don't lay out, um, is there is you know if 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 we need more, I guess is what I'm asking. If we need more, what what should we do? Yeah, so our Medicaid Contact Center is a great resource, and we can put that phone number as well in the show notes, as I don't have it fully memorized off the top of my head, but we've got a, a great call center for additional questions, and we very much welcome additional questions as people are finding out that there's uh, more that they need to know about this particular provision. I think uh, it's it's a relatively simple change of the Medicaid for Pregnant Women eligibility category is now 
full benefits, just like any other group, and that people should have 12 months of postpartum coverage after their birth event. But as easy as it sounds, I know that there's lots of details and lots of clarifications and lots of certain circumstances, because once you get into anyone's individual case, it gets uh, complicated very quickly. So we really want to know what those are and welcome um, you sending those to our uh, contact center, um, which will provide uh, the phone number in the show notes. And I'm sure that people Great. that might be listening right now um, might not be able to memorize the phone number as quickly as I will. So so it's probably yeah. best. Especially in today, right? Like if it's, if, I don't know anyone's number anymore. <laughs> <If it's> not, <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> Okay, so my for my last and final question, I wanted to ask because so this um, went into effect April first of this year. Do we know how long it's going to last? Um, is this something that the state is maybe thinking about making permanent, or do we have sort of a deadline within this this public health emergency state that we're in? Yeah, so as uh, much as we would love this to be a permanent part of the Medicaid program and are hoping very much so that we can can make it a permanent part of the Medicaid program, Congress only authorized this to be a five-year program in the American Rescue Plan Act. Um, So this sunsets in March 31st, 2027. There has been a lot of congressional action and a lot of various bills that don't seem to have a lot of opposition that would make this permanent. However, those bills haven't yet passed. So we're watching closely any congressional action and are hoping that we can seamlessly transition this into a permanent program um, if both um, Congress and the North Carolina legislature um, make the changes uh, needed to make it a permanent program. Great. Wow. Five years. That's even, that's a long time even to not be permanent. And as you know, we all, all as a collective know, uh, anything can change very quickly. If the last, you know, two and a half, two years haven't shown us that, I don't know what will. So we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed that it's something that maybe we can get um, into a more, a more permanent state for our patients in North Carolina. Again, there is a website specific to this Medicaid postpartum extension. Uh, with fact sheets, resources, and numbers that um, that that anyone can call to get uh, questions answered, go through more specific scenarios, and just make sure that we are um, helping our patients utilize this amazing extension to the best of their ability, to the best of our ability. Um, and again, those uh, this website will be linked in our show notes below. Um, so don't worry about, you know, if you're driving, please keep driving. Don't grab a pen. We will have everything linked for you um, in the show notes below. Well, Emma, again, thank you so much for spending time with us, for answering all my many complicated questions um, and for making things a little bit clearer uh, for those of us practicing in, in, in the state of North Carolina and, and for um, our patients who, who are utilizing the, the Medicaid um, coverage. Uh, anything that you want to leave anyone with? Anything um, I didn't ask about that you want to make sure folks out there know? Uh, n- no, I am just so excited that we are able to provide this opportunity to uh, the state of North Carolina and um, welcome any 
any thoughts anyone has on how this is going and and definitely appreciate all the work that ever all those that are listening today do to improve the lives of North Carolinians. Thank you so much, Emma. To those out there listening, we will talk to you soon. Thank you. Find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. And remember, this conversation doesn't have to stay between just us. Subscribe, leave us five stars, and share this with your network so more people can find the podcast.